Gentlemen, start your engine. Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, Radio Hotler. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry about the little uh, um, um, technical goodies. Radio Hotler. Hot, 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 oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Over here, dogs are on. Dogs are on, dogs are on. Five, four, three, two, one. G'day, G'day viewers. viewers. <laughs> Welcome to episode 134 of Radio Hot Lap, that pain in the ass, zany <laughs> podcast that takes a lighthearted look at the world of motor racing, cool emerging technologies, gadgets, and barbecues. And with me tonight, as usual, my friendly co host at the world headquarters. At the end of Brabham Strait, where you'd end up for a barbecue if you screw up. That's right. JP. Straight into the barbecue. How are you, Johnny? Good, thanks, buddy. Um, Good. Thank you for also coming over a little bit earlier in the day and, and uh, upgrading my um, my MacBook Pro drive from 200 to 500 megabytes. Quite a... Uh, gigabytes, Johnny. Gigabytes. Megabytes right. wouldn't go very far. No, it wouldn't, would it? Yeah, it's just amazing, isn't it? I know. It I is. can't believe the size of the drive. It's half the thickness of the iPod. Yeah. No, it's about the same size. It's actually not much... It's pretty much the same size as an iPod Touch, mm. isn't it? An mm. iPhone. Not that we're starting with Tekton. Well, but, but since we have, we may as well carry on. No, we so It is pretty amazing. We will carry on, what, but what only after, you, after you're telling me what you have to drink, having a drink today. I've got a Cascade uh, Premium... Light. Thank you. You're always on the lights. What's the yeah, story? Because I'm that? driving home, Johnny. I'm a responsible citizen. What? Tonight? Every night. Yeah, I'm always like a responsible before. citizen. I don't know what the matter with you is? <laughs> Just can't get your stuff to go there. Well, I'm not. No, I know you're not. I know well, you don't have a, to drive oh, anywhere. New Zealand. I'm off to New Zealand tonight you for are. a uh, a shardy from Oyster Bay in the Marlborough region. Very, Very nice. nice. Uh, yeah. Would you like a little try? Yeah, I would actually. Cheers. Oh, it smells good. Oh, that's a nice little shardy. It is a nice mm. little shardy, and uh, we Nicely should also chilled, say too. a uh, very nice, um, uh, a very nice shardy over there with uh, the, the, there the, the the viewers. Yep, the on-site viewers. But um, Rusty Sausage, mate, she's back on board. She's had two weeks of antibiotics since we last chatted there at uh, Classic Adelaide, and she was out. She is a brand new dog again. She looks like a brand new. You, dog, you saw too. her down there she's in the grass a moment ago. Sniffo-ramas everywhere. <laughs> She was. <laughs> she's into it. She's brand spanking and the coat's good and uh, she's um, sort of gone two weeks of organic chicken. What do you well, two weeks do of I have to go back to the regular stuff? To make well, you sniffy, isn't it? We're not going back to the regular stuff. But, uh, but well, it's a bit about? of a wedgie episode because I thought, look, we'll just do this before the um, uh, uh, Sydney 300, 400, 500 or whatever it is. Oh, the, the two 250 kilometre yes. races. Yeah, yeah. Rip off. Uh, Clips will rip off. The Sydney clips will rip off. Incidentally, the, the Sydney clips will rip off that they reckon, I've just read earlier on in the day, that they're expecting at least 150,000. Oh, now, well, let's see if the New South Wales train tra- Transit, tra- Transit Authority will be able to manage that. I don't think so. Well, They'll all want to leave that, at the same moment. <laughs> but do we... Um, do we sort of deduce from that that uh, maybe the uh, that that's what they're hoping to get, or that's how many tickets they've already sold? They don't say how many tickets they've already sold, incidentally. So I'd be very interested to it's see. It's a sellout. 
Yeah, yeah, But that's yeah. what they say. It's a sellout. Yeah. I'll start being so cynical, do you know? But obviously... I'm allowed I'm, to be cynical. I must be back on the shit list. Because what? my my uh, my uh, media pass didn't arrive from V8 Supercast, and it was definitely like tick that I get the, I get the pass. Well, didn't get sent to me. Mm. So I'm back on the shit list. Again still. Oh, well, whatever. I, you Never know, mind. I actually decreed after... Two days in Sydney, four days in Sydney last weekend, and then Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, because you were going to go over for this, uh, weren't you? I, I couldn't be. I can't be. I can't be asked, <laughs> asked. as Alan would say. <laughs> asked. I can't be doing that. And after an evening of the fogs of yes. crankiness and bitching and moaning about five dollars here and five dollars there, you know. <laughs> well, we paying him out now, are we? Yeah. Fogs, you're being paid out. He only listens to thing. He only listens to the shows he's involved in. No, he doesn't. He used to listen all the time. But not anymore. Ah, no, because he's not driving around overseas anymore. He's, he's used up all his overseas points. Well, let's uh, With have a fiction. bit of a look. Well, there was a test day uh, this weekend at, at Jerez. There in was, fact, three-day test, and, yep. and uh, Daniel Riccadello is the only guy that actually had been invited by Red Bull to drive their car. Probably, you know, the car which would, you know, arguably be considered as the best performing car in F1 as the season comes to an end um, a New Zealander Brendan Hartley who's yes. also been driving a Formula 3 actually I'd, I'd, I'd met briefly at uh, at Snedderton with Alan uh, in 2008 just before we went off to Le Mans there and I said get a haircut um, <laughs> and did he? He was uh, in the Toro Rosso both of them managed to have a bit of a spin but you know, you know as the media originally had said you know test not going so well well it's, it turned out he actually did 100 and uh, Riccadella did 130, uh, 131 laps, you know, yep. incident free, and uh, it came back with a, with a couple of um, uh, sort of I, I thought uh, comments, which would obviously indicate to me anyway that he's he's probably very well suited for, for Formula One because for, look, compared to the Formula Three car, I thought the grip levels were about the same, but actually I thought considering the increased grip of it being of a Formula One car, I thought it was underpowered. So uh, that was an interesting yeah. comment. Um, he's obviously eyeing, you know, that this uh, this uh, the, this particular three-day run um, as a as a gig to get the test test roll next oh, absolutely. year, which yeah, is obviously meaning to be on standby. Yep. Um, along with the Formula Renault three and a half program. So um, <laughs> you know, I reckon that'd be that'd be the go. So anyway, that's good so there's, because there's you know some you, good you stuff could end up having Paris. you know Australasia without the Asia. Yep. New Zealandia. <laughs> what do you call Australian and New Zealand? Australasia. But then, no, there's no Asia. Well, I just call it ANZ then. No, it's a bank. We you know, speaking that. of which, the other day I'm on the plane, you know, I'm going like, I'm really, I'm a bit short of time. And it was all pretty, keep it, the meeting time's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and of course we got on and then they went, oh, uh, excuse me, um, but uh, if Mr. Hang-hang-hang-hang-hang-hang-hang is on yes. the plane, would he press the button? Well, obviously, he didn't press the button. So they go, okay, Mr. Bok Choy didn't arrive. Now we've got to go through find his garlic. So <laughs> that, pull all the baggage out, you know. Fuck around. So how long was the delay? Half an hour. Oh, great. Just they said it usually, but the captain said it usually takes five to six minutes. <laughs> is but that right? It was, yeah, hidden, gar- it was hidden garlic. Yeah, yeah, it must be. Very, yeah, very yes. hidden. And, you know, when there's, where there's garlic... There's crabs in string boxes. <laughs> crabs. Illegal crabs. Yeah, that's that old joke, isn't it, about that, that air hosting. Used to do the run from um, Darwin to Cairns to Brisbane to Sydney to Melbourne. And the bloke gets on in uh, Darwin 
and all these people get on in Darwin and they've all got the stuff in the cold boxes and one thing and another and they put them all in the freezer for them and the plane makes its way down all the way through and then the, at Melbourne the, the hostie gets up and she says and uh, Raiko we're just going to... No be... you've got it wrong. Oh I've before got it wrong. You, before you tell the story okay. because the guy had said look I've got this very exotic seafood and I need it refrigerated. Yes. Whatever you do I have to... Oh, we don't yeah, get, yeah, yeah. well, so, get up for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's all there. So so they, anyway they're landing in uh, they're landing in Melbourne and the, and the chief hostess gets on the gets on the intercom and says, you know, we're shortly landed in Melbourne, blah, 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 blah. And would the gentleman who gave me the crabs in Darwin please come and see me? And the whole plane cracked up. Because well, they weren't going to get marinara for dinner? <laughs> no, obviously not. <laughs> and she had a bit more than she bargained for, maybe. What's, what do you mean? <laughs> Shut up. Uh, so, Is that no, sort of ruining local seafood supplies? Must be. Because I would have thought that he'd have brought scampi. <laughs> Only the poms eat scampi. No, Nobody else in the world knows what it is. Scampi's not scampi. I'll give you the. I'll give you the big Western Australian claws. Claws. Yeah. claws. <laughs> I know you were going to say the claws. All right, what do you got? A bit of. So, well, Suchek was fastest at Jerez, apparently. Who? Andy Suchek. Well, sure? I believe it's pronounced Suchek. It could be Susek. I don't know. Sousek. Susek, yeah. anyway, driving for Williams, um, and apparently that was uh, Susek. He, he got he got the gig because he he got the gig as his prize in inverted commas for winning the two thousand and nine Formula Two title, and um, he had a best time of one minute nineteen point one five eight, which is pretty cool, but he did have a spin, um, which red flagged everybody incidentally. And what was he driving? Williams. So there you go. And uh, Paul DeResta, who's a new POM. Uh, it was actually in the DTM. Yes. Uh, and he was the second quickest time for Force India. He was driving for Force India. Um, and he was only 0.211 seconds slower than Susek or Sauchek, whatever you want. Da, 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 da. Obviously, had and a love of Kingfish. The DTM champion, Gary Paffett, was Parfait. third. Is it Paffet? Paffet. Parfait. But it hasn't got an R in it. It can't be Parfait. Parfait's P-A-R-F-A-I-T. comes in a long fluffy glass. Whatever. Anyway, he was third for McLaren. Ahead of Ricciardo. Paffet. Or Ricciardo. Do you call it Ricciardo or Ricciardo? A West Australian Aussie driver. That's right. And there was a Kiwi, which is Hartley, and uh, he bought up the rear for Toro Rosso. uh, 2.1 seconds slower. So the, the, the young guns were interesting... Like when you read the the blurb, um, the, and no the, mention of crabs, no mention of crabs whatsoever. Well, uh, Ferrari were actually testing chance to some of their shine. the young champions out of the uh, the Italian series. That uh, I think, as I read it, the top three um, Italian Formula Three drivers got a bit of a look in, and then someone else got a look in. So uh, there are four people. Got you a know, look the, in. the interesting I thing. Mean, you know, we'll give you the info about Deresta is that as a pom. He's actually a Scotsman, believe it or not. How do you get a Scotsman with a name like Deresta? Deresta. Yeah, D-O-I-R-E-S-T-A. So, be but he's apparently he's up at the back of the grid. He's <laughs> he'd be Paul Diarrhea. But he's a member of the uh, Mercedes-Benz Young Driver Development Program. So, um, yeah, he's done a he's done a pretty good job there. Twenty-three-year-old Scotsman. So, yeah, should be. Uh, I don't know. You get some of these guys and they, they go into uh, doing testing for some of these teams. And, you know, they could be the next 
the next wave of stars into Formula One. Well, they usually are. Sebastian Loeb couldn't get his Formula One super licence, having uh, almost come last in everything to, to do with open wheelers after his final WIC round, but that didn't matter. He's gone, I don't care. Um, uh, and he was uh, this weekend at uh, Aragon, a uh, circuit in Spain, testing with the Marc Genet. Oh, really? Sebastian, what do, you, what do you do all day? Yep. Frank Montagni and Alexander, don't burn me in the pit stop. <laughs> Worts. Um, uh, they, he's testing the uh, the Peugeot 908 FDI, FAP, uh, What that friggin' diesel thing Brabs won Le Mans. WTFAP. That Brabs won Le Mans in last year. Um, and it looks like uh, that he probably, he's a very strong starter, I think. You know, to be joining that um, that team for the de- defence of their Le Mans 24-hour title since the World Rally Championship um, calendar doesn't clash. Acropolis this year had crashed, crashed and crashed clashed. and clashed. Crash and crash, Always crash plenty and crash. of clashing and but, crashing. Uh, yeah, didn't Acropolis? Didn't so couldn't. And um, <laughs> before uh, he's already been driving, driving a bit of the stuff over there. I think before. So. In Le Mans. Anyway, we didn't do much research on that, so I thought that's, well, uh, that's a bit interesting for you. Now, the other thing, too, is that uh, the uh, head honcho, the new head honcho at uh, McLaren, the managing director, Jonathan Neal, reckons that Jensen Button's hunger will prove an invaluable asset to the team. So will uh, be blowing out the, the catering budget. Do you realise, and then this is interesting, because I remember when we were doing the, um, the Classic Adelaide show, people. and... Um, how would you be catering for Scampi? And, <laughs> and Mark Cortina. D'Ampezzo. Bryant. Mr. Um, uh, what is it? Um, Enviro Assist. Mr. Enviro Assist himself. Enviro 85. Was talking about um, Jensen Button going to uh, Williams, and it was actually McLaren. But... Lewis Hamilton and Jensen Button are the first pairing of two British world champions since Graham Hill partner and Jim, Jim Clark, Clark in 1968. Yeah, 1968. Yeah, old OC. How long ago was that? That's unbelievable. So it's going to be uh, apparently a, quite a few people reckon that it's a bit of a mistake for uh, Button to join uh, McLaren um, because they reckon that because Braun's got the. Uh, Mercedes uh, engine and, and Mercedes takeover. Um, it's going to be uh, a, a stronger team, but uh, we'll have to just see how it all works out, I guess. How many people do you reckon would have gone to see all Le Mans races around the world? Asian Le Mans, American Le Mans, Le Mans series, and Le Mans 24 hours. How many people do you think? Oh, about five. Not many. I wouldn't thought there wouldn't be many people who would be able to get to all of those. No, I don't mean how many people. Oh, you mean actually in terms of how the, how big the crowds were accumulatively. <laughs> oh, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be the boss of the ACO. <laughs> well, come on then. Tell well, me. No, no I'm one. Out. Actually, no one. Considering they're all some of them clash. <laughs> <laughs> the answer's zero to that question. Well, they could have done the bloody Phil Collins bloody uh, uh, band-aid thing and started in London and well, then flown to Philadelphia. Do you think? Uh, all right, OK, let me tell you that. Um, 780,000. You're 200 off. Well, that's not a bad guess then, is In it? In which direction? I'm oh, bugger if I know. 
take a take a guess. Nine hundred and eighty thousand. Wrong. <laughs> Five hundred eighty thousand, but and of course, like being a French production here, this is the official magazine from Le Mans. Oh, I'm starting to be they, inflated anyway. I mean, then, so it's really only five hundred thousand. That would have gone all the way up to Sigorsky, Sigorsky, the, the helicopter that doesn't. Fly. I was going to say it's Sigorsky, yeah, Sigorsky, yeah, yeah. Well, and he's Carla Bruni, Bruni from Bruni, the Sultan of Brunei's daughter, would have would have gone. Geez, we, we have to. Have a real hard think about what we're going to call it. Yeah. Mag, Mag 24. 24. Jeez, we worked hard on that. But it doesn't, you know, being French, ambiguous and ambidextrous. <laughs> uh, they, um, and hiding from Germans. <laughs> don't mention that. They don't, don't really the say. God, the sun's getting me, JP. They, they don't really say. It just says the uh, total a number of people uh, uh, attended various events, nefarious events. <laughs> Held on Le Mans circuits in 09 with the Le Mans 24 hour holding the pride of place with 234,800 visitors. That is That's pretty less, less than alleged visitors here at Clipsal 500. You mean for the Le Mans event? For the, the actual 24, 24 hours. Hour. Right. So you know what we mean by that. Yeah. There's mm. lots of lying going on here for Clipsal. You can't be saying that. Well, I just did. Well, you did. You're right. Yeah. That's that's just rubbish. But do you know that the frogs aren't lying either? It, it, the thing is, it's a 20 kilometres, you know, it's a 13 kilometre circuit, 11, 12, 14. So you're thinking of the number of people you could potentially cram in. That it look, it look, there's a lot of people there. There's just not that many people here. Yeah. They just, mm. they're just, they're just talking crap as usual. Talking crap. Talking oh, well. crap. That's what, they, that's what happens, that's what they do. The uh, 29 automatic uh, selections to race for Le Mans 24 hour next year uh, mm -hmm. have now been announced and that's uh, that's important and they're derived from obviously the winners of the 24 hour, that uh, means in, P, in, in, in all classes, class, yeah, yep. uh, Peugeot, um, as they say, in, uh, in P2 Team Essex which ran the Porsche RS, RS Spider, in GT1 Corvette Racing which was Luc Alphon. And in GT2, Rissi Competizione. Oh, yes. Um, and also the BMS Scuderia. Oh, no, that's right. Yeah, Corvette. Okay, there's eight of them there. Um, Petit Le Mans. Uh, Peugeot got in again. And Rissi uh, in American Le Mans series. Patron. Yes. Which is uh, International, International Pauli. Pauli. Which will be joining him uh, in the Acura ASX, ARX-03A. Uh, interesting, though, that... Just an um, evolution car, though, isn't it? Well, interesting, though, that... Acura have uh, distanced themselves from it and Honda Performance Developments will be basically the branding and uh, the mm. people behind it, which is not, in, in fact, yes. owned by Honda. Um, Fernandez is, uh, Adrian Fernandez is uh, Acura and Flying Lizard Motorsports uh, GD3 um, Porsche and the Asian series, well most importantly of course is our uh, Mate. Little, uh, a little, a little teppanyaki snaffle, Alan Simons, and the Hancock team Ferrari, uh, the J-Lock Lamborghini, which is uh, did very, very poor um, a job over in uh, Le Mans in the GD1 class. The um, Pescarolo Mazda in the LMP2, probably a um, a good chance there for the Mazda engine and Sora Racing, the Pescarolo Judd. So they're in uh, the Michelin Green Challenge. Speedy Racing Seba, the Lola Judd LMP2, and then there's an Aston Martin and um, a couple more other 
Maserati. Interesting, the FIA GT, they're going to let the Maserati MC12 in, which always I've been telling you, viewers, it's an illegal car. Can't be there, having seen it on the on the rig. Can't be there, but it is. It's there. But and if they it. had to detune it, or... Uh, I, don't know, what I, I, don't know, I don't know, I don't know. That's it for me so far. That's all I've got. That's all you got? That's all i got. Ooh, a little bit of tech hell. to come at the end. Yeah, okay. What about you? Quick, well, quick. I think we need to talk about apart, you know. Oh, all right, we've, we've we've already sort of spoken about this the Sydney 500 this weekend. Um, unfortunate sponsor, but uh, we won't go there. Telstra. Um, <laughs> is it Telstra? Yeah, it is too. Gee, same people who bought your big puddle. Sorry, I can't hear you. <laughs> now, Cam McConville is actually going to have his uh, last Swanson. last race as a full time driver. So. Um, yeah, I reckon he'll still do the Enduros next year, though. Um, yeah, interest, it could be an interesting weekend, but do you reckon Wing Cup's got it? I mean, he really doesn't have to do much, does he? Let's he's face boring. It. He's a boring person. He is boring. And he's arrogant. I don't like him much. Mm. And I don't care what he thinks. I've never met him, but there you go. Cole Chisel. Are, uh, the, if you're going to the Sydney 500 viewers... Um, oh, Stay for the uh, after race party because uh, Cole Chisel apparently in uh, they did their uh, warm up gig. You know, like most bands, if they get back together again for a big gig, they always do a warm up gig as like a rehearsal. And uh, Jimmy Barnes was on in Port Augusta here in South Australia uh, last Saturday night uh, at the Crossroads concert up there, and um, the rest of the band rocked up and uh, they did a huge Cole Chisel set list of something like about 15 or 16 different uh, songs and apparently it was fantastic so uh, if you're a Cold Chisel fan and you want to see the band back together obviously Sydney 500 is the place to go Thank you JP for that wrap up uh... That's quite good, that's alright Johnny Now the other thing we, we mustn't forget about this weekend's Sydney 500 is it's the last round of the Utes and our old mate Keefe George is um, on top of the pile still and uh, looking like if he can keep his nose clean and keep out of trouble and have a decent run in the top two or three in uh, each of the races he will take the championship now I hope I'm not putting the kiss of death on him um, so it definitely will be important that he does keep his nose clean particularly after the 2007 debacle with the delaminating tyre. So, um, yeah, well, there's a few uh, driver changes apparently in the Utes. Um, but uh, Jackie is up there with a good chance. He is a good chance, but, uh, you know, um, if one of our old mates, Marcus Sikanovic, was decided to come along for the weekend and thrash him, which he probably would with his hands tied behind his back, because... He went to Sandown last weekend to uh, return to the to motor racing and oh, yeah. in fastest the... in practice, qualifying on pole, second and third, broke a diff going so hard in the first race he would have been there and taken all the all the all the stuff away. And I think he's on the phone. Are you there, buddy? Hello, gents. How are we this afternoon? Oh, we're great, thank you, Marcus. Lovely to talk to you. How you going? Oh, I'm a little bit bruised and battered, but I'm okay. Well, that's good to hear. You've had the stick out of your leg, but mate, uh, I reckon you would you'd have taken all the all the girls and the and the flowers home on the weekend if you just hadn't had you know the diff go in your first race. Oh uh, yeah, I mean it's, it's the same old story. Motorsport would have, should have, could have racing. You know, if the diff didn't break, who knows what might. Have 
you know, look, it was just it was just great to be back in a car. There's, you know, it's a big part of my life, obviously, motorsport and car racing. And to have it taken away from me with the big crash in the supercar at the start of the year was, you know, knocked me around for nine months. But to be back was just awesome. And how did it feel? Was it was was it a good feeling? I mean, like, were you really enjoying it behind the wheel again? It was great. It was kind of weird. I went out the gate for the very first practice and. Uh, following uh, a guy by the name of Stephen Yates who's a newcomer to Commodore Cup and he managed going down in the turn one at Sandown there and he managed to lock the rears and career into the arm car on the outside of the track and it was just you know moments flashing before this wall and arm car appearing but you know look once I got past that and, and past the you know the, the glimpses of the Congaree fence that I'd hit you know I was all okay got to a nice rhythm and you know just tried to iron out the bugs obviously from not driving for so long. Terrific. Mate, uh, you've had uh, a day in hospital, I think uh, Tuesday, to have the final screws and uh, the rod out of your leg. It sounds like um, when I spoke to you earlier in the day, the 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 doctors, they must have had a bit of a big night out on the red because they just sort of, they're messing around with you. Yeah, look, Tuesday we went in and um, it was, you know, the final piece of the surgery and to get me, you know, back to full health, and so they knocked me out with some good stuff, and you know, took all the blind wear out of my leg, so it's no more two and a half million dollar man. It's, it's just normal now. <laughs> so you don't set off uh, the metal detectors I'm anymore. On the couch, watching the IQ2 Fox Tell and uh, just trying to recover. Yeah, how was it when you went to the states uh, with your with your father and uh, and and cousin to Sturgis? How did how did you go through the metal detectors? Um, not too bad. They, uh, the, the metal detector really didn't set off, but if they put the, you know, the magic wand over me, then yeah, it picked it up. <laughs> and then it was like they had to frisk my lower leg to find out that it's just a, a piece of stainless steel inside. <laughs> <laughs> and did you give a giggle like that when they did that? Yeah, I only thought it was a cute girl. Yeah, yeah, um, I bet. <laughs> uh, it was kind of a, a bit of a frown at him, but, uh, you know... <laughs> So, uh, tell us about 2010, or tell the viewers. Mm. Well, uh, you know, there's a few plans in, in, in the works for 2010. Obviously, the main plan is to recover from this little operation, which hopefully should take probably no more than a couple of weeks. So I should be up and about, you know, back to, you know, my training regime within the next sort of two to three weeks. But um, Christmas for me is just a matter of, you know, healing up and getting fit. And then, you know, there's a few options sort of towards the end of January of perhaps uh, a Grand National race, you know, for the Camping World West Series in, in America, um, which is what I did this year. And, uh, or there's probably a chance of the Daytona 24-hour and a Coney Series car. Mm. Uh, all in leading up to the Bathurst 12-hour where, you know, my father and I are trying to build a uh, 2009 Shelby Mustang to complete the 12-hour. So, you know, there's a few things happening before we uh, hopefully try and tackle the 2010 Fujitsu. And how long do the doctors reckon before you're actually fully healed? I mean, have they given you like a time frame mid July, uh, mid January, or anything like that? Well, basically, it's just uh, how I feel, and if I can pass the camp's medical test, which you know I don't think I'm going to have too much of an issue. You know, like the, the surgeon said to me when I first had the rod inserted from the crash that it was going to take 12 months to get it out, which means March next year. But mm. you know, with all my treatment in the hyperbaric chamber and 
and all my supplements from Metagenics and all that sort of stuff. It's just really sped up the process and the healing uh, to the point where I've had the rod taken out three months ahead of schedule, you know. So Fantastic. It's just basically how I feel comfortable and if I can pass the CAMS medical test. You're, um, you've selected this uh, Shelby 500 GT, 500 horsepower, 650 newton metres of performance. Do you think this is the car that can break the, the four-wheel drive stranglehold, or well, certainly over the last two years, or at the very least not make Damien White finish in front of you? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, you know, I mean, obviously the Mitsubishis are a very strong car when it comes to that style of racing, and, uh, you know... The simple thought that I had just on, on the idea of the 12 hour was if you reflect back on uh, you know the days of the 24 hour Monaro and how, how strong that was to win that two years in a row when it raced, basically it's a similar sort of concept as, as that you know where you're making lots of foot pound for torque with very minimal RPM so you're making big horsepower but not working the car very hard so and that's one that's one of the pluses of the Mustang you know it makes something like 500 horsepower at, you know, at 5,500 RPM, which is not really revving hard at all. So, you know, providing I can get the car not to cook brakes and, you know, and get it to hang together, I think we've got a reasonably strong car to take it to the Mitsubishi's, hopefully. So, and what, sorry, what, what, what do you think is the, the, the fuel usage will be like, similar to the to the Mitsubishi's? Because you really can't be affording to go down a fuel stop. Yeah, it, it's going to be hard to it's going to be hard to sort of you know put a finger on it at the minute. But what we're aiming for, I mean, we, we, we would like to get a similar sort of fuel economy out of it compared to uh, you know Jared Keogh's EGDS that I drove this year. You know, and that was about thirty to thirty anywhere from thirty to thirty four laps, thirty five laps we could get out of the stop. So if we could hit somewhere along those lines of, of, of fuel economy. I think we've been doing a great job. So it's just, just a matter of once we put the car together and uh, give it a couple of test days, I believe we'll soon have a better idea, you know. So in terms of the actual strengths of the car, I mean, you're, I'm presuming that you're not going to be as nimble as the uh, as the Mitzis across the top of the mountain, but do you, you think you'll gobble them up on uh, on Conrod and, 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 and come through the bottom end a lot quicker and back up the hill? Oh, well, the, the main strength we really want to attack is obviously up and down the hill. Sure. Uh, if we can just stay within the vicinity of, of the Evos across the top, then I think we've got a strong package because, you know, a lot of the time the races run up the hill. If you can get that good power and a good run up the hill, that's where your lap time begins, you know. So if you can get a really good clean run, you know, lots of power up the hill, then I think we're doing okay, you know. If we and can then... sort of stay in, within the window of the Evo across the top of the mountain, yeah, because I mean, if you mate, if you can get them on the way up the hill, then they're behind you all the way across the top. So then you're laughing. <laughs> yeah, then you'll keep them behind going down. Definitely. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, mate, uh, look, uh, uh, less than a year ago, we we got you across from the dark side uh, to uh, get a MacBook Pro. I mean, now you've gone and got yourself an iMac, uh, an iPhone. I mean, like, is there no limit? to you being the no, world's greatest evangelist? I've, I've been bitten by the tech bug and it's not cool because my pocket is not liking it at all. <laughs> no, it's great. I love the iPhone and uh, currently talking to you guys on the, on the Hot Lap radio show there on the iPhone and it's 
clear as day. So Fantastic. Very good, very happy with the Mac products. That's well, what we like to hear. surprising because usually we'd blame all that on the friggin' telcos. <laughs> <laughs> all right, mate. Well, we'll catch up with you soon, eh? We'll catch up with you soon. You go down and have some of that special, like, uh, spring roll with red sauce with your dad. And... Uh, <laughs> No, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm on the crutches, so I'm stuck on the couch. I've, I've got my lovely sister here taking care of me, and uh, hopefully to, to uh, you know, so I can uh, manage off my leg and get some moving, so I'm really milking it for everything. Mate, I tell you, it's shocking being over at his place with his 360-inch plasmas, like, slightly <laughs> angled, so he's got the, <laughs> full, the full PlayStation sort of game support. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, I've, I've now set up the full bow system with, uh, so obviously the bows is Receiver and I've got the PS3 and the Wii plugged into it with the Blu-ray player and all of it, so fully decked out, like I said, bit by the tech bug. You know, yeah, yeah, and like you reckon that the Mac's costing you money, mate? We're gonna, we're, we're, we're gonna have to dump him now. He, he, he's just giving us the shits with all these good tech. <laughs> <laughs> and the best part that the, the uh, you know the MacBook Pro plugs straight into the 60 oh. internet Well, then. The Obviously, the next thing's an Apple TV, then. That, I think that's on the cards. He's <laughs> <laughs> just upselling. <laughs> See you, mate. See you, boys. Have a good evening, and uh, we'll chat to you on the next show. Okay. Fantastic. Thanks, Marcus. Thanks, boy. See you, mate. Thanks. Well, uh, mate, that's nice. Uh, yeah, it's good to talk to you. It it's is. funny, you were, you were mentioning uh, Jack Ellsgood. I'll, I'll see if we can get a hold of him. He's a bit painful, though. That's all right. You can't say that about him. I'll, I'll about the Keefe? <laughs> I can say <laughs> You it. can. Do you realise that, you know, Jack's leading the championship by a not unsubstantial number of points, 734 to Grant Johnson's 691, but he's actually only won one round this year. So, again, if he can keep it up the, up the top in the... Uh, Hi, Rich Jack from Dormit Residential. Uh, please leave your name and number, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Uh, alternatively, you can call David Bowles. My PA. There you go. We just didn't want you to hear his PA's number. Keithy, it's uh, it's the Johnny and Johnny Radio Hot Lap episode 134 show. Live. And you just missed out. We, wish, <laughs> wishing you the best for the weekend. Look, we were going to come up, but we thought, look, the best chance you have of winning the is us championship not is us not being there. That's right. But uh, if you want to read back in the next few minutes, you know, we'll be happy to talk to you. And, but no solid sandwiches. Hooroo. <laughs> yes. Now, yeah, tech time. All right, well, you can do the tech time. Yeah, great, because that's about all I've got. <laughs> Well, Glad it was only going to be a short show. It was indeed. Short, sharp, right, shiny. There's a fair bit of stuff going on with Intel. Obviously, you know, they've introduced that uh, i7, the four-core processor for the mm. new 27-inch iMac, um, which incidentally seems to be having a few little problems there, either cracked screens or DOAs or, or some screen flickering. Or it's just simply made of unobtainium, Johnny. Oh, that's right. Well, I know someone who, <laughs> who has, who has got one. unobtainium But the funny about. thing they would do that is like when the i9 processor is just right there around the corner, which is a 16... A six-core device. Everyone thought, well, that's cool. But do you know what's happened today? Is that uh, Intel has announced and shown off, codenamed Rock Creek, a 48-core processor. Only 48? Which uses 125 watts. Well, the i9 processor 
the six scores using 130. And uh, while it's a little bit shy of their target for 2011 of 80 cores... <laughs> 80 cores? Cloud computing solutions. Well, yeah. um... Right, uh, Intel's, uh, Intel's going uh, going forward in big ways. Wow. And, and that's the rule because, like, January 3, we'll see the, the release of the Ar- Ar- Arendale processors, which will be in i5 and i- i7 configuration or branding. Low-power versions, mobile spec, probably yep. going to be in the next uh, Mac Pro updates but somewhere between 2.4 and 2.66 gigahertz. I think it'll be a little bit too early for, for Stevie. Uh, to, to announce them. Oh, I don't mind announce them well, because he, might, he won't yeah, be delivering true. them yeah, because yeah, they'll be in pre-sampling point. themselves. But he'd be more likely to hold that sort of stuff over to the developers in June. Hold it over their head. <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's, a, I think it's a, 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 Mac, a Mac Pro update, uh, but announcement at Macworld. Oh, no, they won't. They don't There's do no Macworld. Mac exactly. Mac World. They'll do so a soft the launch. Yeah. And um, uh, but a hardware release probably late February, pretty much typical. Okay. Well, we had some more uh, tech news today too. On that note of uh, the um, Adobe updates uh, option, uh, Adobe have announced that uh, from today, uh, from December the first, I beg your pardon, um, that they're going to be doing uh, upgrades to uh, CS4 from Acrobat. They're really pushing the Acrobat way at the moment. Oh, they've also CS5 coming. Well, and that's the thing. The uh, the the time. The window of opportunity for this CS4 upgrade from um, from Acrobat runs until the end of April. So that there implies goes that May is the new uh, CS5. May launch. May June, I would say, yeah, uh, for sure. Even get me a deal for nothing. So, all right, all right. Uh, and finally, uh, Google uh, looks like they may be actually introducing their own phone uh, very shortly with um, some handsets arriving on the campus, taking advantage of a new operating system, which is actually more mature than the 2.0 release that went out uh, recently to developers so um stand by that makes sense uh with, does, with also at the same time that that apple has said uh, in the last few days that we're hiring a an engineer who's uh, very clever with geo tagging and, and geo technologies uh, because we want to do our own mapping technology so um once it was a love fest mm. now it's a piss off fest <laughs> And it's that's a, pretty much a, it's a, ours is going to be better than yours fest exactly. I don't know if we did it before JP but you know Caesar salads they're one of those things that no one can really do right because it's one of the it's one of the easiest dishes but it's one of the hardest dishes you've got to get the eggs less right is more yep now we've, we've had this with Simonson we've had a little bit of a test with him we had plenty of Caesar salads going on but uh, I think we could both share our, our own unique um, uh, uh, choices of this now Alan had never seen a salad spinner. Yeah, a how about that? How about that? How about that? Getting a, a cos lettuce and chopping it up into nice clumps yep. and putting it in a, uh, a spinner and removing the water. You've got to get a good cos lettuce. Pull out the outer, outer covers. That's all good. Now, we could make our own dressing, yes. which would be a, quite a concoction. And t- traditionally, you would actually add anchovies as a whole. You'd mix them into the dressing. You but would. Because in People this part like of the me world, don't like furry fishes. I don't like it. Laney loves them. But just, I hate it's them. It's the furriness, I hate isn't the furry it? Furry fishes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's a texture thing. But you don't mind the saltiness of it. No, the saltiness actually works right. quite well. So we've opted for Paul Newman's creamy Caesar because I think it's actually a pretty good aroma. Uh, now, forget bacon. Hot pancetta, sliced thinly, and put in the oven. Yep. And roasted because that, if you want your bacon crispy, yep. viewers. 
you need, or, or pan cheddar, just put it in the oven on a bit of that glad grace grease food paper. comes up absolutely perfectly. Put that in there. Some nice croutons, and you can buy, go and buy some good Caesar croutons. Now, you've had good, some croutons from them. Caesar they croutons, from? Yeah, from, um, from croutons. <laughs> some brand or the other. So you've got that. Put that in. Put the lettuce in. Croutons on the side. Get the dressing ready. Chuck in the uh, chuck in the uh, the, 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 the crispy um, uh, pancetta. Pancetta. Don't crush it into tidal, tidal flakes. Just sprinkle it on top because yep. you're going to turn around. And it's going to break down a bit more. Um, some very good uh, pecorino or don't skimp. You've got to have good cheese. Yeah, it's got to be good. Yeah, you've only got to get a big wide grater and, and get and big just long get the big flakes, shards of it. Side, yeah. Yeah. size flakes. And then yeah, a little bit of pepper, perhaps the uh, the dressing on it, and roll it around together. All very and don't very good. Don't forget the egg. Don't forget the egg. We'll get onto the egg. But what I before we get on the egg, what I did was this time I got some uh, nice uh, asparagus. Chop the ends off, the woody ends off, and roast them for about half the time, and then put them under cold water. Put them in. Very nice combination in there. But yeah. now the eggs. Simonson would boil his eggs, hard boil them peel them off, chuck the yellow out, just like Casey Ellsworth yep. would do, and slice that in, just the white. Just really? Yep. Is that all he does? But I, what I, do I don't is like that. I, what I, I don't either. What I do is I get a small cup and I plunge glad wrap into the inside of it, yep. and then I pour the egg into it, Right. crack the egg into it, and then I wrap it up so it's like in a little bulb of plastic. Yep. And I do a couple of those, and I skew it across the top, and then I poach them across the top of a pot in some yep. boiling oh, water for be about... Poached about three minutes and so when you, you you take it out of the plastic which is bloody hot yep and, and in fact you should remember that maybe a half a minute of latency so you could pull that a little bit earlier and then just put it there and it's just half solid half gooey that's the way it's got a big bit and, gooey um, in the middle and then your croutons on top see well i just i do the same thing but i always do mine i actually do like a traditional poach and just get a bowl of hot water bit of vinegar in there got to have the vinegar and uh, some salt What's and the, then just the vinegar the vinegar just uh, does something to make the egg glue together better. Coagulate. Uh, yeah, whatever. And so you, you whack, just drop the egg in there and give it about, you know, minute and a half, two minutes. And you can see the white's all gone firm. But hopefully when you're pulling it out, if you, if you try it a couple of times, you'll get it so that the middle's still nice and soft and the yolk's a bit gooey. And for a little bit of an interesting angle on the side of that, remove the chicken. Don't think about chicken pork leg steak sliced oh, yeah. thinly or cook it as a little fillet like and i'm talking 30 seconds 30 seconds on a hot flat surface with a little bit of oil a little bit of salt not much because it's a it's a pretty not bland but, but it's sensitive though. tasting it's going to be remember cooked. there's a lot of salt that's going to be coming yeah. in from the from uh, there's a lot of salt that's going to be coming in from the the pancetta but you don't want it cold jp because yeah. it will dense down so it has yeah. to be hot Give it a bit of a sliver up nice. with a Chinese yep. uh, Chinese knife and uh, and chuck her in. Beautiful. Sounds good to me. See you next week. Okay, let's go and have some um, dinner. Yeah. Bye. Bye, viewers. Good night, folks.